Welcome back to yet another edition of the Early Apex. I am Dylan, and we got also Rob here. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're coming back at you. Um, Rob, what is, what's our first topic going to be? I'm going to be leading us off here with, what was it again? We are talking about autocross versus track days. Oh, we might ruffle some feathers here. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people have a lot of opinions about this. If you've done it, you have an opinion. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and uh, yeah. So what, why don't I lead off? I'll, I'll go through my history of this. I'm not, you know, some crazy track guru or anything. We'll go through, you know, both of our experiences. And then, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about it. You know, what, what are your thoughts on, on the situation and play that out? So for me, I'll start with autocross. As many enthusiasts start their racing careers in a parking lot with cones, I was no different. Uh, I started with an automatic Saturn L series with all seasons that were overinflated. And wait, wait, I had a ball. You, were, you autocrossed <laughs> that. Automatic I, I, that Saturn. Was my, yes. Yes, I wow. did. Props. Props uh, to I, you. <laughs> Props to you for just getting out there no matter what you were driving. Listen, nothing was going to stop me. I was <laughs> I was on a mission. I remember discovering the SCCA local, the local SCCA website, realizing, my God, for $45, I could drive my plastic automobile as hard as I possibly could around a parking lot. I'm in. <laughs> I am in. I mean, I do that. For, I do that for free, Dylan. That's just any any open parking lot. But <laughs> um, so yeah. So no, I I yeah. The first two or three autocrosses that I ever went to was with my Saturn L series, the car I learned how to drive on. Um, the basis of base models. If anyone else knows, yeah, plastic car, never rusted. Honestly, I should have kept the car longer than it did, but. Um, but yeah, that was my first experience. Was that? What about you? Let's yeah, let's go back and forth here. What was your first oh, um, experience with autocross? And what? Yeah, yeah. My first autocross was much, uh, much more planned out. So I, I, <laughs> I wanted to get into it, and I had gotten the Miata, uh, and this was like right after college, and I already had the thing for a year. And I just okay. want to like get a little bit in the like, you know, like, you know, auto sport, whatever. And I just like, oh, I have to like, you know, get the suspension done first and get the wheels and tires. And so I just oh, we had like, very different, different yeah, methods here. Exactly. <laughs> when really I should have just like taken it out like the, you know, a day after I bought it and just like sent yeah. it as is. But um, so I, I like had all that stuff fresh done and, and I did the autocross, like they have like a, a, a learning course where they, yep. you, you get like the way more school. seat time. Yeah. The novice yep. school. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Wait, you get a lot of seat time. I actually, I still recommend this like tons of people if they like, 100%. you know, aren't comfortable with like, you know, car control and sliding a car around yep. novice school is awesome. And you get a lot of seat time which is, I think, where novice, we're going with this. Yeah, novice school is the way to do it, and it's uh, very convenient that I've never done it, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I've always wanted to do it, but I've never done it because of all the extra seat time that you get. For those that aren't aware, and I'm, I'm sure it, it differs between regions, but for the most part, like uh, uh, an autocross, you know, you have uh, runs, it's kind of like a make or break moment. You only have a limited number throughout the day. A lot of 
the events that I'm doing, you might have four, maybe six runs that last seconds. Yeah. So whereas it's, a novice school, you're actually like, <laughs> okay, we're gonna do a slalom, and we're gonna work on this slalom course just like this specific part of the course for the next hour. Yeah, or no, it's like li- that. it's literally a day of training. Yeah, yeah. I mean for the for the uninitiated, uh, the autocross is basically you're in a parking lot. There's cones set up in the parking lot. You drive in between the cones from A to B. It's timed. Yep. And typically, yeah. one run is like 40 seconds to a minute. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll do, yeah, like you said, probably five, six, seven of those in a day. Hopefully. Hope- <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> you know. we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so, so you had your Miata all planned out. You had your suspension just right and mm-hmm. dialed it all in. And then, and then you, you went to autocross. So this was... How how recent are we talking here? How many years ago is this? I should have uh, let my was... my Saturn was. We're talking. Uh, it might even be pre college days. I, I might have been like fresh out of high Ooh. school. We're talking pre twenty ten for sure. Pre twenty ten. All right. Yeah. Well, you, you so you hunted for the SCCA website. It, that yeah, was I, like... yes. I didn't even know about it. You know, the internet had just come out. Right. You're like, what you is know, this just... goggle thing I'm using? <laughs> you're you're on you're on like the Yahoo search or Ask oh, yeah. Jeeves. Oh, your yeah. Ask Jeeves was still around back then. <laughs> yeah. I'm still dialing it up, dude. Jeeves We're still dialing it up. To find the SCCA. Um, <laughs> yeah, my mine was a good bit more recent. That would have been 2017. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, so yeah, and and it, the the Miata that you went with is that the Miata you own today? Yeah, that's that's still my my baby, my oh, my okay. second the second Miata I've owned. But but yeah, now this is okay. the long haul one. You know, okay, the one okay. for me. Yeah, yeah, okay. That this is good for me to know. I, I'm learning along with the audience <laughs> uh, a lot about you right now. No, so so for me, yeah, I, I did autocross a while ago. I did it with the Saturn um, initially, and I made a, a hilarious mockery of, of what Saturns can do. And the instructors, instructors loved it and it was hilarious, but I did do other cars. Um, later on I, I bought, and I still own today, uh, a focus, just an SE. It was even before the Fiesta came out. I probably would have had a Fiesta, um, if it had come out by then. And, and who knows, I might not even be here today because I probably wouldn't have ended up with a Miata. Fiesta crew. Uh, yeah, because I would have been a Fiesta and I would have been moderately satisfied thinking so I was moderately every satisfied. Day. Unlike with an S, yeah. Unlike with the focus that I was at where I was just thirsting to go into debt for any like idea <laughs> of a enthusiast car and that's how I ended up with the Miata. Um, but no, so I, I did end up doing the focus. And um, for those that aren't aware, within Autocross, it is very much a spec series now that spec can be depending upon your modifications however advanced or minimal and there's also a a stock class and my focus was actually moderately competitive in the stock class i was still in i was always in novice but (laughs) with like the way that the way that autocross is scored there's this thing called pax time and it's basically what makes autocross terrible uh, it basically gives <laughs> like a it, it it takes your raw time your your you know your, the, the the stopwatch time and says the stopwatch time doesn't matter your car is actually like 
this amount that needs to be recalculated for your time. So here's your actual. Oh, tax okay. Time. So you've and got you've got X tires that make you faster. So you're gonna they take you, yeah. subtract X you know seconds exactly. from your run. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And this is this was the downfall. I wasn't aware that that was what made autocross bad because I've I've never I've done <laughs> many more since then, but I've never. I've never just cared really at all about the see, classing. Like I just go and I see, see if I can go faster than I went Rob, the last round. There, there are people there with a stopwatch. I must be faster than them. Come on, that like that is that is <laughs> well, my. Yeah, I mean, I'm still comparing myself so, to everyone else there, but like it is amazing how many people are at autocross like compete like caring about competing yeah, in their classes. Like everyone's like really interested in the classing. Yeah. So so anyway, I. I yeah, I was I was doing the the focus and I was moderately competitive in stock class, but then the Fiesta came out and it was in stock uh, the same stock class that I was. So there's there's all these different letters starting I think from A to past H. I think that was an H stock and I was like one of the it might actually H stock I think was the slowest class. God, I'm probably getting this all wrong and everyone in the comments <laughs> are going to blow me up. But yeah, this is the slowest class of car. Meanwhile, I have, you know, a 3,000-pound NA, 140 horsepower on a good day focus, and I had to go up to, like, a car half the size with a turbo and, like, double the power with the Fiesta ST. So that was it for me and uh, autocross for the short term. So you're you're mad about uh, the competition, the way the competition was not fair. <laughs> I, was, I was upset with <laughs> the spec... <laughs> And and I obviously was taking it way too seriously. Um, no, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. My car was slow, and now I had to go up against a car that wasn't slow. And I didn't like that, <laughs> Rob. I didn't like that at all. Um, but also smattered in there were a couple other experiences that I do want to shed a little light on. It wasn't just Dylan wanting to go really fast in his really slow car. Um, I also, early on, and this is still to this day was probably the most fun I ever had in a car. We went to an autocross. It was a downpour. We still went, and I got to borrow Nick25. Shout out if you're listening. Uh, Nick and I shared his FRS, and it was bone stock, still with the Prius tires, in a saturated autocross course, which was basically a skid pad. And I, I Rob, Rob, it was, it was like the most fun I ever had. <laughs> It was like the most fun I've that, ever had. I was see that was, sounds fun. That does oh sound God. fun. And so this is Dylan not being super competitive just yet, just having a ball, driving with my right foot, just throwing mad inputs with the steering wheel, just always moving. I probably was overdriving, but I didn't care. I was having a ball. <laughs> it was great. Um, so that was that one of my all-time experiences in a car. I also took my parents' Mini Cooper S. Um, they let me borrow it. That was really interesting. I actually couldn't just floor it everywhere because this thing called wheel spin happened. Front I guess wheel drive. And it was the first time with I had a, I had torque in a car. I was very. I, listen, I had the Saturn. I just wadded everywhere, and and I eventually got there with the with you know with the Mini. I had to gently throttle on. It was a weird concept for me at the time. <laughs> So anyway, that's a real quick, not quick at all, uh, a quick overview of, yeah, what I've done with, with autocross. And then I did take my now Miata there once, Just a once. while ago, Yeah, when it wasn't set up very well. I didn't even have a, 
a Torsen differential in it, or like I didn't even have like summer tires. It was a it was atrocious, and uh, I haven't looked back since. <laughs> and that was a long time ago. It was probably like four or five years ago. So I, we've learned a lot about autocross, but I hear, <laughs> I hear there's this other thing called a track day on a road course where the big this boys is, play. This is what I graduated to, Rob. <laughs> this is what I graduated to. So after years of frustration and torment by the classing of lowly autocross. Yes. <laughs> and the pencil pushers, and the, you know, the stopwatch holders. Yeah. It was time to it was time to spend some real money, Rob. All right? It was it was time to actually put your vehicle at risk and uh, <laughs> go to a track day. No. So so yeah, so what happened in in my situation was at this point, you know, I was getting into my professional career, quote unquote professional, I use that term lo- term loosely. Um uh, but yeah, I was making a little bit more money. I had moved away from home and I had the Miata. Right? best track car ever well i gotta go take it somewhere so i was living in buffalo western new york at the time and again the google provided the answer i discovered toronto motorsports park and also almost at the same time speed academy for anyone who doesn't watch speed academy canadian youtube channel you should watch them they're awesome and this was like their home track and this track was the wild is still like the wild west in terms of <laughs> you show up you pay him at the gate i think it's like 150 120 us that sounds great and it's like six hours there's no tech you don't even need a helmet you, <laughs> you don't show need up, a helmet you don't need a helmet rob you don't um, need a helmet now this i've i have heard that toronto motorsports <laughs> park is like you know kind of anything goes there's some sketchy corners it, no safety Oh, yeah. This sounds great. Listen, this isn't in Canada. You didn't realize this, but you crossed the border into Texas. All right. It's the Wild West. Canada is the Texas of racing. (laughs) Yeah. Toronto Motorsports Park, yes, is the Texas of the track day world. There you go. Um, I'm bringing my guns. I'm making it sound worse than it is because I've now been there five times, four times, five times. And I will say that I really haven't had anything sketchy really happen, right? Yeah. Um, no one has most, like a wheel off right in front of you because a no car was intact. Or yeah, I will say there. I do kind of step back and be like, you know, huh? This wouldn't really fly anywhere else. <laughs> when you have you know two people jumping in a car after having a barbecue, and I'm sure there were alcohol ingested. Jump in a car, no helmet, and go on track. Yeah, you know, you know I heard actually. I was at I was at a track that it is the cheaper track of this area with a bit less <laughs> rules. But even there, there, you know, I asked, "Oh, can I have a passenger in the car?" I said, "Oh no, you have to have like X yeah. qualification because yeah. a few years back, you know, someone was showing off with their girlfriend in the car. They got in an accident and, and he killed her, right? <sighs> and because it's yeah." The police had to be involved, obviously, and yeah. and since then, you know, the police are like, you can't do X, Y, Z, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, um, where I'm going with this is, it's all about the day you go, right? So the first time I was there, <laughs> no, the first time I was there, we went during the week. It was right across the border. It was like an hour, two hours away, and there was nobody there. There was. It was like the entire six hour time. I think 
there were a total of six cars and I was having 20 minute stints with nobody else on the track. Yeah. Whereas the evening, the evening uh, shift rolled in and there was like the equivalent of grid life or some like time attack series was going to be racing the next day. We were there on a Friday. It was going to be racing Saturday Mm. and all hell broke loose that night of them all like, you know, feeling out the track and stuff. And it's funny enough because the owner of the track came over and he's like, Hey, if you guys want to stick around, you know, I know it was wet at the beginning of the track day. You kind of missed, you know, a little bit of time. You guys could stay if you want. He was also asking questions about, you know, what it takes for us people to come over and that sort of thing. Um, but Matt and I kind of looked at each other. I went with my buddy, Matt and I'm like, you know what? We've won this one. Uh, the car's in one piece, we're tired, <laughs> you know, we probably had four hours of track time between the two of us, we've won this round, let's go home, and and I'm good good on us, because we turn around, and we start seeing all these, you know, track prep, uh, track prepped, my goodness, uh, cars just like hitting the track out in like droves, and it was chaos yeah 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 guys guys driving fast passing passing all over the place yeah 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 so and then it's 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 gone from there it's evolved from there uh i've done a number of other tracks barber motorsports park new york state safety track um i've got a bunch of stickers on my helmet i don't remember all the tracks off the top of my head but knocking them off and of course collecting the stickers that's all the point right You, you know if as soon as you get back from a new track, you got to order those stickers <laughs> to show off, you know, on the helmet. <laughs> so we talked. We talked about. We talked about your journey. I think that. I think yeah. that really surmises the journey of most like auto enthusiasts who want to get yeah. into, you know, driving fast on, mm-hmm. you know, in these scenarios on on a closed yeah. course. Yeah. But let's go. Let's get to the part where we argue. So <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so right, autocross versus track day. Yeah, you know. So yeah. we said autocross. You get like you know whatever five, six, seven minutes of seat time. Yeah, you're gonna be there all day, right? Because yep. when you so the other thing that Dylan has not mentioned is that at nope. autocross everyone works. So yes. you pay your forty, fifty bucks, but yep. you still have to work when you're not driving. So you're out yep. there like. On cone duty, you know, someone knocks cone over, you got to run out there, put it back, you know, mm-hmm. or you're, you might be working timing or helping out with the the timing situation. Right, right. So it's 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 really grassroots. Everyone's involved, which is awesome. But it yeah. also means you spent, uh, you know, six hours of your Sunday just standing in a parking lot for you know, six runs yeah. for for it's six tough. minutes of driving. It's tough. Uh, which which can be tough. It can be taxing, mm-hmm. and sometimes it is not fun. Um, and, and then the track day, of course, you've got a ton of, ton of seat time, you know, even, even at the worst track day, you're probably going to get at least an hour of seat time, Mm -hmm. at least, you know, most of them you're getting close to two. Uh, so way more time. You basically, I would say most track, by the time you're done, you're like, I don't want to drive anymore. Like uh, it's a lot of time focusing and then, uh, you get to go faster Yes. You get to go faster. Who doesn't want to go faster? And you feel like a big boy because you're on like a racetrack where like actual yeah. like, professionals play around. Exactly. You know, um, I think this really gets to the root of it, the the pros and cons, you know. Yes. Now, the downside yes. of the track day is it's expensive as hell. Super uh, expensive. Sometimes you can find one, like you said, where there's no rules and, and no regulations and a few potholes on the track and it's 150 bucks for your day. 
But it's high risk. But it's and and on it's the high, high side, you could spend five hundred dollars for a day. Yeah, uh, five or six hundred dollars. Um, it's it's high risk, right? You're driving yeah. fast. There are walls. Um, yep. Even if you don't hit the walls, you can hit the grass the wrong way and flip your car. Like it is very yeah. possible. Um, it's also way harder on your car. Like you can do an autocross on in any stock car. You can you can yes. pick up your mom's PT Cruiser has been serviced in a decade and autocross <laughs> it. It probably won't break. Yeah. Probably won't break. Yeah. Uh, but on a track day, you're guaranteed to break it. Like you're gonna blow oh, your brake fluid. Oh yeah. You know, like uh, there are a lot of things that go wrong. Yeah. Um, and let's see what's what's the other one here I'm I'm missing. I feel like there's another downside to the track day. Well, I mean I said high risk already, but like there is a very good chance that if you make a mistake or if you're working on your own car like we do all the time and you did something wrong, <laughs> something comes loose or something highly likely. You might leave the event with no car. Anymore. Yeah. No yeah, work. absolutely. Uh, that is so unlikely in an autocross. I have seen clips. We've probably already seen clips of like, you know, wheels falling off. There's or an there's RX-7 a video out there. somewhere. Yeah, there's like an RX-7 video out there where all four wheels like pop off in unison <laughs> at an autocross. That's obviously like user error. It's but yeah, possible. sometimes there's a curb. You, you might curb your car or something, but it's it's way lower risk. Way I lower risk. Thing. Um, I, I think I do like also the track days. I find, you know what? This is this is an equal because at uh, autocross you can find this too. Everyone's really friendly, and you can yep. always find a more experienced driver to ride in yep. your car and teach you and like yeah. tell you the best lines and whatever. <clears throat> and it's like pretty much always like free. Sometimes yeah. at a in a track day you have to pay more for the novice because then you're guaranteed mm -hmm. the instructor the whole time. But yeah, either my, way you're gonna you're gonna learn yeah. a lot. Yeah, my biggest thing is <clears throat> if you are the Dylan of circa 09 and you just want to go fast. You've never done it before. You've never had a high performance driving situation. You should do autocross. I think everyone could learn something from it. A hundred. They're, ah, they're totally. in the novice class. You're always going to get an instructor in the car. Um, I've got so many good pointers on there. And if you can do the novice school day one, I, I would do a novice school tomorrow to be perfectly What's stopping you, Dylan? What's stopping you? <laughs> a wedding, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Life. Um, no, I, I would 100% do that. Or you can also do a test and tune. Um, for those in the know, they might be doing like a test and tune the day before uh, yeah, an autocross to like test, tune, test yeah. the track or something like that. If yeah. you get in with like the group, you might be able to find it. And, and it's a similar situation. You're not going to have an instructor, but you can do a lot more in a given amount of time. Yeah, a lot more um, runs. So hundred percent should do an autocross for me more power to you. If you do this, I just can't take autocross seriously. I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't do it. The, the rules are just like are, are made up and, and, and make no sense to me at all. Like the, this, this PAX time. What? I, you don't I ran... like that you're allowed to run a, a stiffer sway bar by 1.5 millimeters, but you can't have adjustable end lengths or, or the, or yeah, or, or like you can have an intake, but you can't do a manifold and stay in this. I just don't like all the rules. I it just, and then because here's the thing, Rob. This mm, is the problem mm -hmm, mm. with taking it seriously. If you want to win, depending upon the way the rules are, you got to own this car and you got to do this to it. And it's like everyone ends up with a spec series anyway. And yeah. I just don't find that interesting at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, I, I 
I, am I competitive when I do a track day? <sighs> yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, that's, that's who I am in, in my DNA. But it is more laid back in that I'm racing myself. Right, I've got. I, I don't have one yet. Well, we, in that there the is no classing for you to the, be competitive about. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. yes, <laughs> that's I am, the benefit. Am, there is no structure for Dylan to get. <laughs> I am mandatorily limited by the um, the way the or, event is organized. Where I, I just have, I'm gonna have a, an aim solo. I'm just looking at that time, and I'm I'm working my way down on the time. You know, I'm I'm just racing myself, um, and then I also, you know. I'm looking at other, you know, cars that I'm similar to, and I'm trying to, like, be in that realm. But, yeah. 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 You know, you're, uh, you're yeah. going to ask the other guy with the Miata <laughs> or whatever, yeah. oh, like, what kind of times are you running? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. you're not you're not obsessing over these classic. <laughs> you know, this is a damn shame. I thought we are going to have something to argue about. <laughs> I totally agree. I think if you're a newbie and you want to, like, get some experience, like, driving fast, taking a car to the limit, doing autocross, do the novice school. There is no better way to like learn in a safe way that someone can teach you how to slide the car, what to do when you're oversteering, understeering, et cetera. There's no better way to have the car move around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think even if you, if you start with a track day and I actually have a a friend who's getting into it now, he's a a GT 350. So a very fast car, very capable car. And he, Mm -hmm. He hasn't done any autocrosses, but he's done a few track days now, and he's doing good. He's got a lot of talent, but he's still like not comfortable once a car starts sliding on him, and that's something that's he's really got, hard. Yeah, it's really hard yeah. to learn on track, especially in a fast car like that, because as soon as yeah. you start sliding, stuff's happening really fast. You yes. know, really and fast. And it's much more dangerous, because you're at a dangerous. much higher speed. Right, you got other you cars know. around you. Yeah. You can go off track. Maybe there's a, a wall close. Mm-hmm. exactly exactly mm-hmm. and i think that the autocross is like a really nice soft entry into it for and sure. yeah maybe after like two of them you're like screw standing in a parking lot for this much or <laughs> you're like dylan and you got obsessed over classing <laughs> but you can't win in your class and so you've gone out and bought a car just so you can win your class against a bunch of the guys racing around in a parking lot for 40 dollars uh, um <laughs> uh, i couldn't do it i could and then the last thing too to top this all off um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Stefan Knapp worked with him on a channel. We built a track car. Uh, wow, it was this time last year, and we didn't have to build it to a spec. Now we, that <laughs> that that I might mean, come back but, to bite us. That <laughs> might come back to bite us. You're not. But, I mean, you're not racing in a series. I, yes. No. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Like we could do whatever we wanted to. We gutted the doors. We you know did the modification that we wanted to do. Car is definitely not sorted out. Sorry, it is not sorted out at all. But you can have fun with it. Again, it's it's, it's I, not to be I, th- I think I think you're missing the fact that you could also do that with autocross. <laughs> <laughs> like no, you can go to autocross and not. There's too many. They're posting the classes. They're posting results. <laughs> I'm at the bottom with my Saturn. I need to. I need when to I not to the be at the bottom with I my. Just, <laughs> I just look at I just look at the list and I just pick a random class. I said that one looks cool, and then I don't think about it once. I don't think about it once. I just go and I'm like, right, oh, my is, time was faster than last time. This is a personal problem <laughs> that I, I need to I need to work on. Oh okay. man! <laughs> All right, 
let us know. Uh, do, are you like me, or am I just am I just having a moment? Maybe I'm just having a Dylan moment. I, it wouldn't be the first time. It won't be the last. Just completely obsessed uh. with competition. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're how uh, you're getting to see my hand. Oh boy. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Um, yeah. Let us know down below. Have you done autocross? Do you do track days now? I, I honestly, I jump into autocross tomorrow. It has to be the right autocross. And you know what? I'm, I'm jumping in here. I'm ruining this little outro. No, you're fine. I'm just going to say, like, in my area, there's a couple different places where they do the autocross. And okay. one is an airstrip. And so the track is, like, the same every time. It's basically slalom, you know, and the slalom is basically just weaving between slalom cones start. in a straight yep. line, right? Slalom, U-turn, slalom, over. And it's just, it's just boring. It's just yeah, boring, that, that's, that's and there's no there's no trees. Like there's nowhere where you can stand to be in, in shade. Oh, really. I'm like trees. That's a good thing. Why is this a bad thing, Rob? No, I want trees, I want I shade. I don't want to have to bring yep. like a, a whole tent to get some shade. You SPF know, and I've got a I've got a Miata with no AC. It's just like a hot day, and I'm, I've done it a couple times, and I'm like, I'm not doing this course again. But there's other places with much bigger lots that. Mm-hmm have more features or one is like on a slight angle. So you get like these hey. off camber turns, which are cool yep. and on yep. camber. And those are always way more fun. The track yep. is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I'll do those every time, you yep. know? So I think that really makes a big difference too. And I'm sure track days are the same. Like, you know, some tracks are not as fun as others. Some have more potholes, some don't like, yeah, I- I've even done an autocross on a go-kart track. It's an outdoor go-kart track. That, that sounds fun. That sounds that like sweet. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, that was that was. Yeah, you know what? Then they have autocrosses on racetracks. Like Pocono um, does autocrosses all the time on their infield. And so there's mm-hmm. like, you're on the track, but there's extra cones you have to follow that make it slower. Yeah. Sounds want, fun. Want, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but do you, you want to know what I really want to do, Rob? Tell me. I want to know. I want to do rally cross. That's what I really want to do. I want to do rally cross, and I'm not going to be that guy. Famous last words. Not going to be that guy staring at the sheet because I'm going to be reliving that FRS moment in the mud, sliding around with a million inputs in the wheel. All probably wrong, but a million inputs in the wheel. Just have it. Just counter steering, pretending to be Colin McRae. Like I, I have a solution for you. Not that I mean I also want to do rally cross drifting. Yeah. Drifting. Get a drift yeah. car. There's no times. No times at all. You couldn't, you can't compete if you want to. It's all style points. Oh man. You know? Just just yeah. just drifting. Just there you go. Just you get to just to just just <laughs> I like that. I like that. Let's end on that note. I I, I don't, yeah, we don't have much drifting around here, but that that's a good point. I like that. All right, so guys. So in, yeah. Uh, what do you do? You, you do autocross? Do you do track days? Do you hate one or the other? You sick of autocross? You're like, I'm not gonna like om- to almost total my car every time I go to a track day. Like, it's not worth it for the risk. Where are you at on the spectrum? You know, what are you feeling? Let us know. So, moving right along into the FMK section, this is where. One of us picks three different cars. Uh, we've been doing we've been doing genres, so I'm sticking with yep. sticking with the genre. Three yep. different cars, and the other person has to decide which one 
they're gonna f so just have one wild ride with one wild track wild. day one day you get one, one day with the ride. car and anything you want with it anything goes the mary which is this is this is the car you're keeping forever this is your it's forever car your life partner everything you want they've got the perfect balance of compromise that fits you and oh, yes. then you've got the kill <laughs> which oh, is yeah. Get this thing out of here. It's nothing but trouble. Get I don't even I don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything mm-hmm. to do with it. I'm gonna Crush regret it. it. Crush, Crush it. it. Send it to the crusher. Oh yeah. So <laughs> we are doing uh classic supercars. Ooh. Yeah, we're okay. and 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 by classic I'm it's more of a modern classic I'm going for here, but these are okay. sort of I think the best that you know each manufacturer has to offer, in my opinion, Ooh. and a little nostalgia. Ooh, so, I think I know where we're going with this. Oh, this is gonna be tough. I think we are Go gonna ahead. start right here with a 1991 Lamborghini Diablo. The now, Diablo. all right, I'm I'm sending the the bat auction for this one I have in mind. Now, yep. this is a like a bright red Diablo. Okay. Um, 91 so it's pre like sv or vt um so we're talking rear wheel drive on this guy um it's got like the classic uh i don't even know what to call them six hole wait five hole wheels so like deep Mm -hmm. dish in the Mm -hmm. back and they just have like five holes kind of like the dial like the porsche dial tone Mm -hmm. dial spoke wheels um obviously legendary car it's got uh, you know, six-speed gated, 12-cylinder, 5.7-liter engine. It's making close to 500 horsepower. It's like, it's a beast. It's got a transmission tunnel wider than the rest of the interior. <laughs> um, yeah. So then we are going for okay. so another... Diablo. Yeah, Diablo. Um, we're going for what I think is Ferrari's best. Um, Here we go. An F430, 05 F430 gated oh, six speed. That was not what I was expecting. So this, this is the last uh, mid-engine manual car that Ferrari made. I think it's, it might, no, I might be wrong there. I don't think it's the last manual Ferrari made, but it is the last mid-engine manual Ferrari made because after the 430 came the 458. So this is, mm-hmm. a, this is a V8 car. Um, okay. Little bit down on power compared to Diablo, but probably just as fast because it's, it's a lot lighter than a Diablo, if memory serves. Um, okay. okay, it's making like I think it believe it makes 430, yeah, 400, oh, 480 horsepower actually. So it's right on spec with a Diablo 4.3 liter V8 flat plane crank engine, just, just screams up to redline, right? Yep, and finally, we have got what I do believe is Porsche's. You know Porsche's greatest achievement in the classic 911 line. This is the 911 GT3. Yep. And yep. for Porsche nerds out here, this is a 997.2 GT3 RS 4.0, uh, which actually is worth more than both of the other cars, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is the 2011. Uh, a brief history of the GT3 of that era, basically. Porsche just went buck wild on the 997.2. Uh, I believe it was the end of the Mezger engine. And mm. they were like, we're just going to build the baddest motor we can. So they went up from a 3.8 to a 4.0. And they already made a GT3 RS with the 3.8. And they're like, let's 
make one with the even better motor in it. So this is a 500 horsepower motor a decade ago. It has basically the same amount of power as the current GT3 12 years ago. Um, wow. And it's a monster. Uh, manual transmission, insanely, you know, super fast, super connected driving car, old Mezger engine. So it's got like that different sound than the newer ones have. And mm -hmm. it's worth <laughs> half a million dollars. <laughs> Half a million dollars, and that's and this was the cheap one on bat. <laughs> My God, that's worth half a mil. Um, okay. So the, these are your three options. They're all about the same power. They're all like close to 500 horsepower. Um, all manual transmissions. All you know, awesome drivers' cars, but for different reasons. This is very. This is an interesting selection. So I, I'm going to jump in here. So the first thing, you you went with the Diablo. I immediately thought when you were queuing up the Ferrari, you're going Ferrari F40. Yeah. It, but what you've done here, whether you realize it or not, you've selected that you know the, the top three companies, you know the three first three exotics that everybody thinks of companies, but from different decades. You yeah, know, yeah, the, from different decades, Diablo, I, and I think that's where 90s, they came. You know. Yeah. Yeah, Diablo's '90s. Uh, the F430 thousands, and then the the Porsche 911, um, the early 2010s. So just kind of interesting. Interesting. These are very different cars. Yeah, one of you, one from each decade. One from each decade. Oh man, oh, I don't have an immediate gut instinct. <laughs> but the one thing that I will will start off by saying is the Diablo. Let's start with the Diablo. This is, I think, when they really started dialing in, like the lines. Of Lamborghini, mm, okay. Right, you, uh, you, you know, have the, you had the Countach before this, but like that that rear quarter mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. like just so Lambo. Yeah, in my mind. Yeah, it's it it is a sexy car. I mean, and that is that is why it's my favorite. Like this was the car I grew up with, and mm. you know, Need for mm -hmm. Speed Hot Pursuit. Like this yep. is the car, and I agree. I think that the Diablo is like a, a much better looking car than Countach. The Countach is obviously mm -hmm. crazy. But the Diablo is just like beautiful, elegant lines while also being extreme. Yeah, yeah. Now the F430 does nothing for me. Nothing. Like what well, in the looks department? We're saying in the looks department. Yeah, like this is when I started not paying as much attention to Ferrari's design. To be okay. honest, they, they okay. got they're getting away from the wedge. Um, right. This is this is when we left the 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 wedge and the square yeah. shapes of like the yeah. three five five and the Testarossa yep. and exactly. uh, all those. Obviously, the the rear is still very Ferrari. You could even find like elements of the F fifty there. Oh like yeah, the with, the, with the four stuff. circle taillights. Oh yeah, quad tips. That's still very Ferrari. But like, I just ah. it's it, you're ah. right. It's a it's a much softer, less extreme looking car for sure, for sure. Yeah. And then the Porsche like. The, this is the classic Mary choice. I'm just going to call it out. I don't know if I'm going to marry this just yet. I'm still working this out in my mm -hmm, head. Mm -hmm. But this is the classic Mary choice. And I will say this. This is what every person... If, you're, if you have a tuner car, whether it's a Japanese or Euro car, sports car, you are modifying your car to, in an attempt to make it a GT3. Yeah. Whether you realize it or not, that is what you I are think, trying I think to do. Anyone that utters the words OEM plus yep. is doing what Porsche did with the GT3. 100%. Yep. Or a street, 
I want my Miata to be a street going track car. That's the like, GT3. Is, that is that's the GT3. what you're trying to do. And then, then now the thing is, what Porsche has been able to do is uh, capture lightning in a bottle. Is they were able to do that and make a car that is still somewhat comfortable and somewhat livable. My my Miata is a quote unquote a street going <laughs> track car, and it is not livable. I think my I think my Miata would livable. probably be on par with like the Diablo in terms of like reliability, <laughs> streetability, and comfortability. It's just <laughs> not. That does not all. say much. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's it's too loud. Like no comf- creature comforts. It drones. Like it's just. Oh, it's. The GT3 Ugh. is is a marvel that they they it, can it, put yeah. that capability with that packaging yeah. and comfortability. Now, that said, if uh, if Gran Turismo, if I've learned anything from Gran Turismo Seven, it's that I don't really like the way the 911s drive. I, I don't. They, it, so they they drive differently. Oh. Whether they've done a good job in in, in GT or or they haven't, but <laughs> that rear engine the the weight bias, the way they're set up, it's not it's not the car that I'm gravitating towards to just go drive. Every every turn traffic. you went into under braking, you, you spun it, right? Well, y- yes. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You have to drive the car differently. Just totally like you have to different. Drive it's really a different. Front wheel drive car versus a rear wheel drive car mm-hmm. versus a Porsche 911. Like it yeah. is that. Yeah, no. Distinct. You brake super early and you get back on the power yeah. super early. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now in <laughs> Porsche does make now I, I haven't driven these cars in in real life, but they do make or I, I what I do gravitate towards driving is the Cayman GT4. I love that car. And there still is a weight distribution difference, but the weight's not all all the way in the tail and I yeah, just yeah. I can turn laps in that car. I, I, on on Grinch's. I, I love it. I love <laughs> the car so much in that game. I haven't. Yeah. So, nine elevens have kind of gone down a notch. Now, should I be judging this on a video game? No, I shouldn't be. But it has it has kind of nine elevens have kind of taken a notch down. I, I am more of a Cayman. All right. All right. Um, so with that all said, I'm gonna have to. Let's just start with crushing. Let's get one of these out of here oh no let's crush one of these things i can't i i wasn't a lambo kid growing up Mm. i was a ferrari fanboy i had ferrari posters not lambo posters but i'm crushing that ferrari i'm crushing it oh i am crushing it Oh, Ferrari Dylan. died before that car came out in my mind. Oh, Dylan. <laughs> so that car is gone. Oh. Um, that car is gone. And and you know what? I, I, I'm making a snap decision. Diablo, let's take it out. One, no rules drive. Let's hear that thing sing. <laughs> I, it's just, it, it's probably terrible to drive. Maybe it's not, but it's probably terrible to drive. But let's just take it to the limit without consequence. And you know what? <laughs> Let's marry the great looking but slightly awkward option, <laughs> right? Which is the the bar you know, soap, the, the bar soap, the bar soap. Yeah. yeah, the the car that's been being made for decades, uh, being remade for decades, but they've really dialed in. Um, 
And it, it it's just it's too good of an all around car. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah. It's just too good of an all around car. Yeah. I think why well, you went with the clear choices here, Don. I think I think you really went right down the really? line. Wow. Yeah. yeah I think okay. Those, I think those are the clear choices. Oh, man, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for me too. And I I think I'm right there with you on those picks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm a big Porsche fanboy. I, I've I've gotten the pleasure to drive quite a few. The GT3 is an amazing car. Um, rear, engine, rear engine or not, it, it's like yeah. it's it's an easy car to drive. It's so much fun. Um, I think one thing that you didn't mention Ooh, is engine engine note or just engines, right? Because uh, all these cars yeah. are also about the engine, right? They like they yep. all have just incredible character. All right, you've got the yep. flat six. You've got the yep. classic Ferrari eight and the twelve. Yep. Um, that Ferrari eight sounds so so good. I mean, they all sound great, but that I, out of all those notes, the Ferrari eight is my favorite. And that is, is that also what you used for our intro? Is that the soundbite? <laughs> is that the soundbite that you have for our intro? What what flyby is that? Is that the Ferrari? Yeah, no, it is. That that is a Ferrari. Oh! That's an F four thirty. That's an F four thirty. I just got crushed. Me. Every, epi- every episode, you're hearing an F430 <laughs> that has like a full exhaust and no I cats. Knew. And I it- knew it was garbage. <laughs> Just teasing. It sounds. It sounds amazing. It sounds. That amazing. is that is one of the <laughs> loudest cars I've ever heard. With the like, it it's so loud, but when you're driving it, it doesn't feel like mm. you're in this insanely loud car. But then you go through a tunnel, and it's like all you can hear, and wow. it's amazing. And I bet the, I, I mean they're they're both like that, and I mean the the Porsche flat sixes sound awesome. Like that's a good mm-hmm. sounding motor, but it doesn't have that like raw motorsports like. I, there's just something about this, that Ferrari yeah. that's just this might it's be, incredible. This is super vain on me. It all I think it, the choice a lot of it came down to the looks. Yeah, and that Ferrari I've, I've never been a fan of that the look of that car. I'm I'm gonna agree with you. I, I, <clears throat> It's not. It's not the best looking Ferrari. I think Ferraris now actually look much more interesting, aggressive, yes. like uh, yes. Ford Eight or, or really the F Eight. I love the look of the F Eight. It's a beautiful, yep. beautiful car, and it looks extreme. It looks like a supercar. Yep. In a way that the F Four Thirty is really soft looking, you know, and and not yeah. extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, the Ferrari went through a bit of a dip. Design wise, mm, three sixty, four thirty, soft mm-hmm. cars, five fifty, uh, Marinello. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of a little boring, a little boring. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it got crushed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, some no, of, yeah. some of us are interested in, in what's inside, and some of us only interested in, in you know in the superficial, you know, I, and, and that's I, all right, Dylan. Yeah, I won't. I judge wanted you for to that. marry the quirky, good-looking girl. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I'm doing in October. So that's yeah, <laughs> it, that fits. That tracks. That tracks in my life. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think you made the wise choice. You know, she's got like the engineering degree. She's going to continue <laughs> to be worth more and more money. Oh yeah, she's, and, she's the one. That's you know, money, she's that's super sure. reliable. She's got your life scheduled out every every week. You have like the weekly budget meeting. You know, like <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, you're not going to go Diablo, wrong. The Diablo is still whispered about to this day. There's still (laughs) 
crazy stories <laughs> when about, you're with the boys. But you don't know <laughs> you don't know where the Diablo is today. There, there's only rumors, right? There's only rumors about that car. Oh my gosh. That's too oh, funny. Oh man. Yeah, All right, so what are you what, guys what are you, picking? Yeah. What do you guys, guys yeah. But comment down below. Let us know. This is good. <laughs> and is the 430 ugly? That's what I want to know. Is the 430 yes, not, I, yes. not live up to Ferrari standards? <laughs> Donna? Yeah. I'll fight you in the comments. It doesn't. All really incredible supercars there. Even the Porsche, I think you call the GT3 a supercar. But I think these days there's like there is a really big problem with supercars and hypercars especially now not that you know that matters to me or 99.999 percent of all of you because (laughs) none of us can afford a two and a half million dollar car but yep right now there are so many special edition cars there's so many insane one of 20 one of 30 one of one hypercars out there you've got lamborghini you know month after month releasing super special editions like, you know, whatever, all carbon fiber body to Venador, stuff like that. Yeah. You've got McLaren making cars like the Speedtail um, or uh, the Senna. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Ferrari making SF90, uh, you know, yeah. all over. Also, and then You also have like SM Martin making the, the Valkyrie. Right, and, like, the Valkyrie, all these other- great example. Um, yeah. and, and then you have, a, you have like- 30 boutique automakers, probably 10 of them all in Saudi Arabia, um, making these like, you know, thousand plus horsepower supercars that look allegedly, yeah, making alle- allegedly. We'll see if anyone gets one, um, making some really insane cars, um, yeah. you know. And here's my problem here's my problem. Yeah, you yeah, can't tell me your problem. You what is, what's your problem with all these cars, Dylan? You can't drive any of them. <laughs> You can't drive them. You can hardly drive an Aventador around. It's so wide. There's so many blind mm. spots. The transmission is terrible. Yep. Um, and like stuff like you know the the Senna. I mean, where the hell are you going to drive it other than a racetrack? <laughs> you know. I mean, let alone like yeah. let's say you're you're daring enough to take it out on the public roads, right? <laughs> And you're you're okay with scratching the splitter a few times, like that's all right. You can live with it. Um, but it's such a fast car, so much downforce. Yeah. Like you, it, it's it, it's so low. You can't like, get anywhere close to the limit with it on a, on a public road yeah. with any like head on your shoulders. You know, you're not mm-hmm. doing that. You have to take it to a track. And a lot of these cars are like, you know, I mean, I guess if you've got the money for that, you can also pay to have a whole team come out with you to the racetrack, run a racetrack for a day and, and drive it around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, cars are tools, right? They're not, they're yeah. not artwork. And I, so many of these, I feel like they're all just built to be art. They're built to go sit in someone's collection, mm-hmm. boost someone's ego mm-hmm. and say, I have one of one of, of this spec of this color of this hypercar that only me and 10 other people were even allowed to buy. But you, you can't mm. drive it. And a car is a tool. Mm-hmm. Like a car is made to be driven and you can't drive them. And it kind of gets under my skin a little bit. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah, because here's the thing. I think, is it the Valkyrie that's like literally, you don't even, I don't know if you can even drive that on the road. I believe I you can these... register the Valkyrie. There's also a version you can't register. Uh, okay. I think you can register a Valkyrie. I don't know if you will be able to in America, but okay. it is. 
I mean, it's less. You'd be you'd be better off getting like a 911 cup car to drive around on the that's road. That's what I. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. Like, if you, if all you can do is take one of these cars to the track, then why are you not just getting like a track dedicated car that's like a race car? Right. Like, I mean, what's you're, the justification? The cup car is going to be faster anyway. You know. Yeah. And and it less consequences. You'll be able to take it to the limit yeah. a lot sooner. You know, you don't have to do all these other things. Exactly. You don't have all this anxiety about like the the prices and right. stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you you mess up the bumper on your on your Valkyrie. Yeah. You, one you you can't get another one. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure Aston Martin will make you one eventually. But yeah. like at some point. You know, and and I mean, this is an original thought. I mean, Chris Harris has harped on this quite a few times. It's you know, it's just where's like the joy? Where's the joy of that? You know, unless yeah. all you want to do is stare at it. Yeah. Um, but you know, for two million dollars, you know, I don't know. There's other stuff I could stare at. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so let's say, what is the solution then? So aside from going off, yeah, there's something I've been kind of obsessed with, and th- this is. I think this this is what the industry's been missing, and, and I think okay. uh, it's shown. Um, Gordon Murray, the you know he is famous for designing the McLaren F1, right? And mm-hmm. I think really he should be famous for he is twenty plus years working in the F1 industry, and he worked for um, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this Brabham or Braham. Brabham. Brabham Racing. So he Brabham, was he was their you know chief right. engineer, chief vehicle designer for for years and years and years. He designed like the fan car for them when they had that mm-hmm. for half a season. Like really incredible racing career and engineering career in racing. Um, yeah. And then after that, he went and did the F one. He was involved with the, um, the McLaren F one. Yeah. Yeah. Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, SLK. No. Uh, yeah. The, the long, big, the big long one. Why am I forgetting yeah, the name of it? The anyway, the giant wing. I know exactly the, yeah, you're the long one about. with the gold wing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And and so now he's he's come back to build basically his answer to the F1. He's like, I'm going to build the F1 again, mm. except with all modern technology and fix everything that wasn't right about the F1 and make the greatest driver's car the world seen essentially. That's cool. And I've That's I've been nerding out over it so much, and I think it fits me and you's ethos over cars, right? So Gordon's like, okay, add lightness, right? Yep. Um, yep. add lightness. You don't need unnecessary things, and it needs to be drivable. So it needs to be reasonably sized, not like wider than a Hummer H1. Like you need to be able to drive <laughs> down a country road with yeah. it. It needs to have ground clearance, so you don't have to, you know do a 20 point turn to get into your driveway, you know, yeah. or to get into every parking lot you see. And it's manual. Ooh, it's manual. It's not about it's going fast manual. to hell with the numbers, you know? Oh I mean, hell, we're God. all going to get beat by electric cars anyway. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? So absolutely. it's just like to hell with the numbers. I don't even think, I haven't even seen a zero to 60 or a quarter mile time for this car yet. That is but so cool. So he's not selling it off of that. He's not selling off the numbers. No, no. And so what we what he's got is a car the size of a Porsche Boxer, like a new Porsche Boxer. Yep. Who weighs twenty two hundred under twenty two hundred pounds. Wow. And that's he also is like you know the the engine's the heart of the car. It's what real you know it's so much the driving experience. And so he he went to Cosworth and was like. 
build me an engine from scratch oh, that would be the highest revving engine ever in a production car. 13,000 RPM. 13,000 oh Yeah, this is scratching RPM. all the itches for me. And that's, and that's a V12 revving the 13,000. Which is, I mean, is it's it's astronomical, you know. That's like F one. That that might even beyond F one. In some eras, yeah. In some eras, it was. And it. So here's here's one detail about the motor that I love. So most engines, right? You have a timing belt or a chain, mm -hmm. right? And that's yep. connecting the crankshaft to the cams up top. Yep. And keeping everything in time. Yeah. Because it's spinning so fast, and because of the slop in those systems, they won't work. And so it has timing gears, oh, gears, all machine. No, God. like no, it's, that's pure racing technology. Like no other production uh, engine has like gear. I mean, maybe at some point there was, I'm sure someone will tell me, Oh, that's you know, so cool. but it has gears, which is wild. And, and also, so Gordon's like, I want this, I want people to drive them. The serve, you, you hardly have to service the engine. He's like, you don't, you don't have to service like anything on it. You know, he's just like, ch you change the oil. The service intervals are like, change the oil every 5,000 miles or like, you know, a few thousand miles, and yep. that's it. And then there's like a 50,000 mile service. But wow. you don't have to replace a belt. You don't have to yep. do like all this other like stupid stuff that you'd find on like any like Ferrari flat 12 or something, you know, yep. whatever. Like, it's, it's a driver's car. The the tires on it are off the shelf. They're not well, bespoke size. They're just off the shelf. Um, PS4s's. Yeah, and here's here the, the thing that I find most interesting about this whole thing is, and, and I know we've talked about this before. I'm not sure if we've done this officially on one of our podcasts or not, but I, I very much in the same vein of electric's the fastest. You've got hypercars now that are hybrids. Like that, if you want to win the numbers, if you want to win. You know, the page on Motor Trend that has like the fastest zero to 60, you got to go mm -hmm, that direction. Mm -hmm. I've been wondering when was the passion project going to go? I wouldn't necessarily call this mainstream, but when is somebody going to build an all out experience like passion car? You have elements yeah. happening yes. right now with like Singer. I'd say Singer is making that of like Porsche. It's not mm -hmm, an OEM, mm -hmm. but they're making like the ultimate emotional continuation totally of what agree. It meant i think to they're be, yeah like, they the were bringing Porsche. that to the mass yeah. market to say like not mass so, market but they're they're bringing it to the public to say they're bring it yeah they're 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 putting it on the radar yeah of the media of like hey this is not about the fastest porsche this is about the most porsiest porsche yes yes the <laughs> right? most porsiest porsche most i don't, I don't think that uh rob singer could have said it better yeah. himself, you know, or, or not <laughs> well singer, it's, and it's rob. all about the experience from the look of it to like the fact that they like recreated the Porsche wheels, but at a different offset and a different depth and mm -hmm, a different mm -hmm, size, mm -hmm. just to make it look just perfect. So I've been wondering when there'd be like a supercar that was designed around this, and of course, it's it's this guy. To of course, do it, it's Gordon Murray. Yeah, of course, of course it is. it's Gordon Murray. I mean, you listen to him talk five minutes about driving, and you're like, oh, okay. Like this yeah. guy gets it. Like this guy. Just he's articulating cars. He's articulating my driving soul. I can't put into <laughs> words what I want to experience like Gordon Murray can. Uh, no, like everything, I, I, I did nerd out about this over a, a recent Smoking Tire podcast. He was a, a a guest on. They were even talking about how low the front windshield is, and the fact that like he's got a single wiper. It's not hidden. 
because all the modern sports cars or modern supercars and hypercars they hide them so they make the cowl of the the hood higher to hide uh, the wipers. Okay. She's like, no, screw that. We're gonna have a single wiper down the middle. We're gonna buy like two inches, two inches there. Plus, he's done something different with the dash to buy another two inches. And the fact is, like, the the windshield. If you look at it, you don't really see it until you see somebody standing next to the car. The windshield is so incredibly low that you can see. I think he said eight meters in front of the car. So your sight. Uh, yeah, I hadn't. I hadn't heard this incredible. detail yet. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you hell, can, you hop in a new Camaro these days, you're and in a you're jail like, cell. you're looking through a slit. <laughs> You're, you're looking through cell. a slit. It's like you're a. It's like you're a medieval archer. You know, like <laughs> yes, it's. Yes. It's ridiculous. The visibility <laughs> is terrible. To be <laughs> yes, it's 100 that. And oh yeah, right. Yeah, it's 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 that's the usability. You know, yeah. like that's the there's you're not worried driving the thing. It's just it's meanwhile easy. now you have a supercar that fits on a public road that the sight lines are designed that you can place it easily. Like, I, I, I've driven the Camaro. I adapted to it, and it actually did kind of shrink around me. Mm. I remember the first time I, ever, I sat in one. It was in, like, a car show. And, like, I, I, I remember just feeling so incredibly claustrophobic that I just had to start, like, laughing. <laughs> I was laughing out loud alone in the driver's seat of a Camaro just because it's just, like, this is so ridiculous. Yeah. This thing. Fast forward, I did drive one, and it did kind of, fall away but yeah it's it's so compromised like, yeah i don't know where i am <laughs> absolutely yeah and and i mean you know we're going on about no experience blah 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 it has 650 horsepower and weighs 2200 pounds that's nuts that's 650 nuts. and weighs 2200 yeah. pounds and most supercars these days are weighing around 3000 like even the light you know mclarens yeah. are pretty light and you know a 765 lt is like 3000 pounds makes 750 at the wheel I mean, and like that's probably going to be slower than this because it yeah. weighs twenty two hundred pounds. And even if it was faster, that's not the point. Well, it's not. The, I mean, also, right? yeah. I, I I've had the pleasure of driving a, a seven twenty, and I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is insanely fast. No one like you don't need to go faster than that. <laughs> like unless you're yeah. competing, like yeah. that you blink and you're where you want to be. Yeah. It's it's and, wild. So and here's the other thing too, that I don't think I understood until I really started driving other people's cars that were a lot faster than my silly little Miata. <laughs> Power is experienced in one direction, in a moment, right? Like I got to drive that Camaro, or I got to drive, you know, a GT uh, Shelby GT three fifty. And it, you know, awesome sounding engine, but it's experienced accelerating and then it's gone. Whereas if you drive a super light car, I got to drive, um, a Lotus Exige mm. at any speed. It's exciting at any speed. There's a fizz there because it is so light. Now, do I want one? Okay. I want one, <laughs> but, but like at any speed, there is just this urgency that you can experience because it's so light and nimble that you yes, don't have yes. that is numbed by weight right regardless yeah, yeah. of like how exotic it is or how much more power it has to overcome that weight there's just something about like a really light car absolutely absolutely and you, and you feel it you feel it all the time all you know? the time you feel all it the at, time. at 20 miles an hour and you feel it yep. at 100 it it changes everything about the car 
Yeah, and, yeah. and it makes the car. It, it makes the car. Um, yeah. It's crazy. And so there's one other there's one other detail I want to bring out about the Ooh, car. And and at first I at first I really thought it was it was a marketing gimmick. Like it was a thing. Like this guy was trying to build this driver's car, but but yeah. the you know the pencil pushers were like, well, you need something to get the headlines right. And so that's yeah. that's where I came at it from. But after I've changed my mind. It's okay. a fan car. It's a bona fide fan car. What? It has got a fan in the back that is creating downforce now it's what? it's not like sucking it to the ground like a you know it's not like a ground a, effects car right it's not a ground saying. effects car per se okay. but they're using the fan to alter the diffuser and like alter how air is is traveling under the car and and mm-hmm. working with the diffuser and all that stuff that i wouldn't even pretend to understand but it is. It's using the fan to create downforce, and so it can create, wow. you know, a considerable amount of downforce, like at reasonable speeds. So you, so you get that when you're driving around on your back roads, when you're going 60, 70, 80, 90 miles an hour on your back roads, and and <laughs> and you don't have to have some like huge obnoxious wing. You know, not that wings yep. can't be cool. You know, the sun is sweet. That's a cool wing, but you yeah. you get to have a nice like not insane looking car it yeah it and really has some downforce yeah it really is a true antithesis of those kind of cars right sleek body no big wing mm-hmm, really mm-hmm, small mm-hmm. super light stick like the antithesis of today's modern supercar that's cool yeah it absolutely it's the antithesis it's the antithesis and i think it's the answer to all these cars getting made that that it can't be driven and our pieces are like someone's like you know what i just want to yeah. drive something i just want yeah. the finest thing that you can make now bring this full circle and, and we can yeah we bring me to back this, to the ground because I've, I've been living in like the, you know just dreamland <laughs> in a world where you know so who is gonna bring this idea and maybe it already has happened. I don't think it has, though. But who is going to bring this idea to the masses? Who is going to make a car for $60,000 or less that's not about the numbers, that's all about the driving experience, it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with electricity, it's, it's stick, and relatively affordable. You know, I... I I don't know. I, I'm not going to afford a 60k car, but like, I'm just trying to be realistic with this. Don't right? I'm, I'm going to let you know it's already happening. It's all. It's oh, it's happening. Okay, tell do tell. Don't, it's the Boxster. It's, <laughs> it's the, the Boxster bo- came in. It's the Boxster. <laughs> it's, it's already happening. You don't have it's to. You don't happening. have to worry about it. You can go get one right now. <laughs> Stop worrying. It's it's. It's sick. It's like sixty k for the base model. It, okay. You know, you go look at the paper because you want to make sure it's slow, right? I'm you want to make sure up. it's slower than the other stuff. You know, I'm there are there are a lot faster cars for sixty k in almost every, you <laughs> know, even in their own segment, right? You know, I think a four hundred Z is probably is definitely faster. You know, Mustang GT is faster. Supra's faster. Know, might, you might be base right. Boxster. It's mid engine car designed from the ground up to be a sports car. There you go. You might There's be right. the answer. You might be right. And you can still get a stick shift. You can still get a stick shift, too. I knew I liked the Cayman. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, you know, and within our budgets, let's go buy ourselves some some five thousand dollar nine eight ugly nine eight sixes. Um and everyone will make fun of us, but we'll know we're driving yeah. the best driver's car. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't because <laughs> I don't think it's a realistic ask for cheaper than that. Cause then the argument is, well, it's the the eighty six or it's the Miata N D and Absolutely. The thing that and the thing that I, I, neither of those cars are, both of those cars are great. I don't want to take anything away from them, but there isn't the element of, I don't want to say sophistication, but like, they're, they are inexpensive cars built in quantity. They're, I mean, they're compromised. Designed, exactly. They're, they're compromised. They're not really designed to be the ultimate driving machine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hundred, absolutely. Yeah. There, there's a lot of compromises in them. I mean, they are both cars ground up to be sports yeah. cars, but compared to something like a True. Boxster, there's True. a lot of came, there's a lot of compromises. Now I'd say you probably can't get what you're really looking for. So you go yeah. buy yourself a GT four for 120 K. Um, <laughs> <laughs> accurate. That's, that uh, is the car. Actually, that yeah, is, the that car. is the car. That is the car. We're, you know what? And that's bringing it full circle. We're ending on the car that, that we, we've been talking about. I feel like this whole, this whole episode keeps on popping up. Yes. GT4. Yes, it does. Actually, it does every time. Oh, man. All right. Well, Keep we just got to graduate. We just got to we just gotta graduate. Yeah. Graduate from child sports car, Miatas, to adult sports cars. Hopefully we'll we'll still be allowed to drive them on the streets when we when we get there. <laughs> yeah, when I'm like 80 years old and like can can potentially afford it at any point. All right. Yeah, let us know if we're overlooking any cars out there. I think I think you hit the nail on the head though there, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, is there anything else like the T50 or the Singer that is like the driver's car, you know, that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a passion. It's a Catrum. Actually, that's that's the answer to everyone's problems. Just a Catrum. Catrum. Just a Catrum. <laughs> you can't drive that thing around. You can't. You can't. Not especially not in the Northeast. Uh, that's no. like that. It would be like a two two month car. Yeah, there. I mean, look, I want it, but like, yeah, it's a two month. I just get a motorcycle at that point. Yeah. It'd probably be safer. You know. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. All right. Well, thanks for listening to yet another edition of the early apex and uh yeah check us out on instagram we're starting to upload some stuff there and uh yeah branching out to all sorts of podcast hubs hopefully uh the ones that you all are listening to (laughs) yeah yeah that's right guys you know you can just throw away another hour of your of your week with us uh next week yeah we'll we'll crush it just like we crushed the the ferrari today no problem (laughs) throw it away Never to be seen again. (laughs) All right. Till next time, guys. See ya.